Hello guys and welcome to one of my fanfic readings. Currently I'm a little injured so things sound a little different. I do apologize. I'm trying to get over my little holiday injury here but I hope you guys still enjoy. Okay the story is a Hotoru which is a demon slayer swordsmith XYN storyline very basic very straight um trigger warning um poverty i guess if that offends you i don't know why that would but i guess it does <laughs> all right let me stop rambling and enjoy bought and sold for the hooligan p available on ao3 Are you sure about this? You can still turn back. The mother asked, adjusting the white veil on your head. We went over this, Ma. I'll be fine. You must trust me. Not letting her see your words rattling your nerves. Your sisters looked up at you from distance, afraid and confused. You wished I would celebrate for you, for this might be the last time you'd ever be together. I do, sweetheart. But, things can always go wrong. You rolled your eyes. Yes, this might be potentially super stupid and dangerous. But, it was better than your family dying from poverty. And you knew it when you had accepted the deal. It was five years ago today. A strange man had appeared at your mother's door. His face was obscured by an odd, distorted mask that instantly made you flinch. His clothes were oversized, drowning him, and covered in dirt and mud that made his pattern of his hoodie unrecognizable. Plus, the green cloth tied on his head made him seem more like a toy, yet he was well-mannered and he bowed. Miss, do you have any water you can spare? His voice was weird and irritating to your ears. Um, yes, one second. You replied while running inside, taking a glass from the cupboard and opening up a barrel of water, scooping out just a cupful. You ran outside, your feet pitter-pattering along the floor. I'm sorry for the wait, you said, handing over a glass. Graciously accepting, he used his strange, twisted tube in his mask to drink. <laughs> You had pressed your lips together to try and stop yourself from laughing. When you noticed his whole body began to wobble, instinctively you grabbed onto his sleeve of his hoodie, holding him steady, and unfortunately letting him drop the glass. You twitched as the sound of the glass shattering momentarily scared you. I'm so sorry, miss. Do you mind if I sit on the floor by your house? I think it's just getting much too hot. No problem. You stay helping him lean against your wall. We don't have much to spare, but I do have some stale bread that I could sell anymore. Was so nice. And I'm in no place to refuse such generosity. I shall take your offer. Covering your smile with the tattered sleeves, you ran indoor, receiving the sweet bread and placing a small amount of honey that you had collected. You hummed as you walked, making sure to bring your broom along. 
you so much. And I'm sorry to ask after everything you've done, but do you mind turning around? I don't like people to watch me eat. Embarrassed and curious, you turned around, proceeding to sweep the glass away from the entrance. So engrossed were you in your task that you hadn't noticed his eyes gazing at you. Your sister Hannah had screamed from the upstairs. Wordly, you ran inside, hands gripping onto the old room. What's wrong, Hannah? You screamed, running into your sister's bedroom. You slid across the floor, getting on your knees right beside Hannah, who watched over Maury. Maury was your youngest sister. She'd always been sickly, and with a lack of money, your mother hadn't always had the money to see a local doctor or even to hire medicine. Hannah hugged your shoulders. It's Maury, her fever. It's getting worse. You can feel your sister's tears soak into your kimono. And you hugged Hannah tight. Don't worry, we'll buy medicine as soon as we can. Hannah nodded, but you knew she felt the uncertainty. I meant you could go hungry for a week, and then Hannah and her mother might also fall ill. Go, go make some ginger tea. Hannah let go, wiping her tears. Okay, she whispered, and slowly she walked off. I'm so sorry, Maury, you whispered, touching her light brown hair, pushing it away from her forehead then soaking the rag and placing it gently on her forehead again. You'd begun to walk away, holding back your tears, grabbing onto the room again as you walked outside, closing the door behind you. Your breath hitched as the tears would not be held back anymore, and in silence, you sobbed and sweat. You all miss? Are you all right? He'd asked from the same spot you'd left him. I... I'm so sorry. You sobbed out. Reaching into his hurry pocket, he passed through handkerchief. You finally stopped sweeping and pretending that things were fine. Rejecting the handkerchief but you understood the silence that he gave you allowed you to cry all about your misery. And you sat beside him on the ground. Normally, you were known for being strong. It's not as if you had a choice, since when your father had left, it was clear to everyone and your mother that they could not afford to keep their daughters. Poverty had overcome the family, and more harshly now, as there was a doubt that you would survive the upcoming winter. You had taken to the streets, selling sweets and helping clean the town folk since you were six. Your hands had become hard and calloused, and you could not wear ornaments and beautiful clothing like the other girls who taunted you mercilessly. Or worse, those who looked down in pity. You'd learned to bite your tongue, but no amount of biting would ever be good enough for your sister's medication. Or enough to hire a carpenter for the roof that had more holes in it than your Obi. I cannot imagine your pain, miss. He placed a gentle hand on your hair, 
and you ignored how dirty it was, and took solace in the fact that for the first time, someone actually listened. Thank you, sir. Thank you for listening to me. I never even bothered to ask your name. He pulled his hand back. He shook his head. I disappointed you, but you did not complain. May I ask, how old are you, miss? You moved your hand. Um, I'm 19 right now. And I'm the head of this household. Do you have any prospects, miss? You couldn't help but to laugh at even the thought of that in your misery. No one wants to marry the poor and destitute. You live at the ground. Plus, I can never just leave my family behind to suffer. We can barely afford food or medicine for my sister, and without me, I fear that they will all just die. What do you sacrifice yourself to make sure your family survives? You shook your head adamantly. No, not just survive. Survival is for the animals. I would give anything for them to thrive. Then you miss. I can't arrange them for you. I will see to your family's successes, but there will be a price to pay. What would be the price? You will be married off to a stranger of my choosing, but you can never return. Would you take that deal, miss? You thought about it. It felt like a tall tale. But what else did you have left to lose? With death looming ever so present. I will take your deal. You are a wise one, miss. Summer will come in five years from this day to collect you. But for now, take this as a bail payment on your dowry. More shall come your way soon. Placed a small cloth pouch on her lap. But also, I must warn you, miss. I can only promise you marriage, not what happens after. It's all up to you, miss. You began to open the pouch as he walked away. Shocked, you spill out its content. The coins fell in a rush, bouncing from your kimono to the floor. The sight of it brought fresh tears to your eyes. Not only copper, but silver coins. It was more money than you had seen in your entire life, as you only ever held copper coins. This was more money than you were worth, and through fresh tears, you smiled and instantaneously launched the money to good use, dispatching Hannah to the pharmacy, as she was shocked to hold a silver coin but didn't question it. With all her strength her little legs could muster, she ran out. She returned, tears in eyes, holding a handful of copper coins. You told her to keep it, promising that once more you had recovered, you can both use them to buy something good that you might want. You had prepared for your mother to come back that night. Her feet aching, you sat on the kitchen with the meal that you had prepared, the pouch slouching on the table. When she had walked in, she was intrigued and opened the little pouch, but to your surprise she didn't smile. Her face sunk further, the cracked lips made a stern frown, and without a sound, 
she marched over. And you expected her to smile in delight, but you were thrown off balance when her hand came bolting down at your face. The attack had felt like lightning. You found yourself on the floor, the painful sting of her hand across your throbbing cheek. You found yourself to the red light district? The anger in her voice made you tremble in fear. No, mother! I promised my hand in marriage! Your expression was stoic, cold, trying to ignore the pain. So hold my child. Why would you do this without me? I am your mother. Your eyes matched hers in rage as it bubbled to the surface. Because I will not let my sisters die. I will not let them waste away into nothingness. I will do what you and my father cannot and I will lift this family from the grave. Your throat felt dry as you screamed your heart out. If you want to sit by and die of hunger, then all means you do so. But I will do what I have to do. Mori had asked softly. You both turned, seeing her walk across the kitchen, holding Hannah's hand. My baby. Mother cried. It had been so long since anyone had seen Mori out of bed, nevertheless walking. Her fever, a constant terror. How are you out of bed? It's the medicine, Mama. Hannah said with a big smile, so beautiful and bright, it almost made you cry. Lori's fever finally broke and she even ate bread and soup with me. Although we don't have much left. Your mother wrapped her arms around the two small girls. They looked so fragile and thin, as if they might break if anyone squeezed them too tight. You're welcome, you said, not getting up from the floor. But your mother's shaking fingers around both of their shoulders made even your hardened heart crack as you heard their wails. The day after, your mother had invited you to join her to the market. For the first time, not there to sell, but to buy. Two chickens and a hen were on the list, and some wooden plank of the fence, and a small chicken coop. There you had told her the whole story. And not leaving out any details, but for some reason your mother had convinced herself that you had become a bride of a yokai, and either way, you didn't care, pushing all the negative thoughts away instead of focusing on the future, choosing to focus on the present. You carried them back with pride, knowing for the first time in many years that your sisters would have food for many days to come. How much more time do you have with us, my child? Mother asked, her words holding in a deep longing. Five years' time, the man said. You have received, it's just part of your diary, meaning they might give you more. My child, are you not afraid? 
<sighs> he didn't bother looking back at your mother. Yes, I know fear. But I believe that this is worth it. Then let us make the most out of these five years. True to the man's words, more money was delivered. Instead of just small silver coins, gold ones were also delivered in three ornate chests. You'd hope to see them, but strangely enough, the original man had never shown up again. Instead, you had received a whole bunch of different strange last men. All very odd, but clearly younger. The years had passed by like water through fountains. Life had changed so much. The chubby face of Mori in her light brown hair had turned into your pride and joy alongside Hannah and her serious face accompanied by her beautiful poetry. Your heart, you knew that one day she would grow into her beauty and her talent. For tease and poetry she would carry to her to a world that you could not even imagine. Mori spun around, showing off her new kimono. With little leaves embroidered onto the sleeves, Mother had grown a pinkish hue to her cheeks that made her look much younger. And when the home had been fixed, no more holes for the rain or the snow to fall through. Your home now stocked with chickens and vegetables growing aplenty. The villages went from mockery to jealousy. And you often found yourself unwilling to be subjugated to their theories, choosing instead to keep to your lonely company. You kept ahead and refused proposals and engagements of the men who saw you and this newfound money. Mother had also turned away many suitors, instead focusing on her farm. You all stood together in the garden, sunbathing in the warm golden light, when a knock came to the door. Hannah volunteered to open it and just went running. Her stride had gotten a lot faster as she had become so tall and elegant when she returned with a scroll in hand. Sister, it's Fungal's masked people. She handed the scroll over and he opened it, eyes scrolling intently. <laughs> you smiled. What is it? It is time. She understood immediately. Your mother finished painting your lips in red, moving your face from side to side. She smiled, ever so delicately, full of sadness, a day of pride, turned to the final farewell. Come, say goodbye to your sister. Your mother said, looking straight at Hannah and Maureen, who stood as far away as they could. Hesitantly, they approached, and you can see the light redness and puffiness of their eyes. Please don't go, please. Maury cried as she hugged at your waist. I can't. I have to go. 
been waiting for me. He said patiently, as you hug them both, keeping them tight against your bosom. Please write to us if you can. If I can, I will, you said softly. Hannah lifted your white kimono off the ground, taking the red underskirts with it. He smiled, remembering when it had come. A simple package with no note. It was beautiful, and it made everything so real. Hannah. Can you... Can you promise me one thing? You say as you walk towards the cart, managed by three large horses and one large masked man. Hannah's voice cracked. Everything. Take care of them. And make sure to live well for me. Abstaining from tears, you lower your head as you enter the cart. Hannah's big eyes looked as they had when she was born. Big, wide, scared. Live well, he said, closing the door. Watching her return to Mori and Mother. You peeled your eyes away as they began to weep, and the cartridge began to move. You let yourself lean against the padded interior. Well, that's all for part one. It was quite a bit of work, and way more stressful than it normally is. But I'm still excited to do part two to this, so if you are... Please hold tight, because I will be working on it. For now, bye.